have you ever been interrupted? I think all of us can say yes to that question because 2020 was an incredible interruption. But I must admit that although I have experienced interruptions, I've also been the ones to, one to cause them as well. And so my first, my first job in high school was in retail. It was a retail assistant. And the role of a retail assistant is to help the customers. But I think my coworkers would have said that I interrupted them more than I did help them. And I remember one of the days they had put me in charge of the fitting rooms. Now this was a big job for a retail assistant. And my boss went through all of the procedures. And so I was ready to go. And I remember being in the change rooms and I had my my first customer in the morning and she came in with all of her dresses and then she hung them up and then I grabbed the dresses off her and I hung them up in the change rooms. Now normally what a retail assistant is meant to do is they were to hang the dresses up and then step outside of the change room, close the curtain and allow the person to get changed. But I was so nervous. I hung the dresses up and then I closed the curtain and I realized I was in the room with her and she looked at me and she was so scared and she said, are you staying in here? And I said, no, no, I am so sorry, I'm not staying in here. And I stepped out. And then later that afternoon, we had a number of customers come in and the change room started to smell. They smelled like body odor. It didn't smell very nice at all. And I remember my boss saying that if it starts to smell, just grab the air freshener and spray down the rooms. And so I did, I grabbed the air freshener, I opened the first change room, I sprayed it down. I opened the second change room, I sprayed it down. And then I opened the third change room and I sprayed it and to my horror, someone was in that change room and I sprayed her from head to toe and she screamed and I froze and I said, I'm so sorry. And I think it's safe to say that I completely interrupted her day. I think the last thing she expected was to be sprayed in the face by air freshener. Now, what about parents? All we need to do is ask a mum or a dad about interruption. I think there would be many parents joining us today that could tell us story after story how their children have interrupted them. You see, interruptions are inevitable. They can happen at any minute, any hour, any moment of the day. And this morning, I simply want to share around this idea and this concept of a life interrupted. You know, in the Bible, we read about someone that probably experienced the greatest interruption of all. She was just an ordinary girl going about her everyday life when suddenly she was interrupted. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you come with me to Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, "'Greetings, you who are highly favoured, "'the Lord is with you.'" Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary. "'You have found favour with God. "'You will conceive and give birth to a son "'and you are to call him Jesus. "'He will be great and will be called "'the Son of the Most High. "'The Lord God will give him the throne "'of his father David "'and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. "'His kingdom will never end.'" How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? 
The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born, to, uh, born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own old age. And she was who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. You see, Mary was just a young girl from a small town and she just got engaged and she was planning her wedding, probably figuring out the flowers and the guest lists and who's gonna come to the wedding. And I can imagine her and Joseph having conversations about their future and about their hopes and dreams and what life is gonna look like, what they're going to do. And in the midst of all that planning, an angel appears to Mary. And we read in scripture that Mary is well-versed. She knows the Torah, she knows the Old Testament. And so she knew that an angelic visitation often came with a message. But I don't think anything could have prepared Mary to receive what she was about to receive. I don't think she could ever expected to find out that she was gonna give birth to the Son of God. I mean, this was not on her radar. Sure, she wanted kids, but maybe after she was married, maybe a couple of years later, not while she was engaged and definitely not while she was a virgin. You see, from a human perspective, the announcement of Jesus' birth, the commencement of God incarnate wasn't planned. It wasn't ordered. It was an interruption. It wasn't a part of the plan. I read a quote the other day that said, if you want to make God laugh, tell Him about your plans. I wonder how we would treat life's interruptions if we weren't so fixated on the plans, if we weren't so fixated on the two-year plan, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. And don't get me wrong, having plans is absolutely fine, but we are living in a day and age where we wanna control everything. You know, we wanna know what next year is gonna look like, what tomorrow is gonna look like, what the year after is gonna look like. And we jam pack our schedules so much to the point where we're going to church and then we're dropping off the kids and then we're having work meetings and then we're catching up with friends and then we're having date night and renovations and all of this and as soon as something doesn't go our way aka a global pandemic as soon as something changes the plan we see it is an interruption or what about the times where you're planning on getting your grocery shopping done and you're trying to run around all the errands and then you bump into that neighbour that just wants to talk for hours on end or you're planning to have no expenses for the month and then your car breaks down or the relationship or job that you planned on staying in suddenly comes to an end. You see, something we must remind ourselves of today is that God is aware of every single interruption. He's not caught off guard by our situation or our circumstance. In fact, He is often strategically behind them. And we talk to God as if He has no idea. God, don't you know what my day was meant to look like? Don't you know what my life or my year is meant to look like? I mean, this is not in my strategic plan. And God says, I know it's in mine. You see, there are gonna be times in our life where God will interrupt the plan. You know, it doesn't matter how many hours we've been working on it or it doesn't matter how much time or money we've spent on it. Sometimes He'll interrupt the plan. You know, whether we were meant to be here at 21 or do this at 36 or be here at 50, sometimes God would just throw it all out the window because He is the one that knows the plan for our life. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Says who? The Lord. 
We don't know the plans, God knows them. And He says they are plans to prosper us and not harm us, to give us a future and a hope. You see, a lot of the interruptions that we encounter are not random. They're not a series of meaningless events. They're not there to ruin our life. They are divinely placed on this earth for a reason. Now, I'm not saying that God brought about a global pandemic, but what I am saying is that He is sovereign and He is strategic. You know, when the angel came to Mary and told her all that was about to take place, Mary responded by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. You think the thing that stands out to me most about this entire story is that Mary could have easily said no, but she said yes. She chose to see this interruption as an invitation, an invitation to partner with God, an invitation to outwork a divine assignment, and ultimately an invitation to bring Jesus Christ into this world, to bring the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the Great I Am. It was an invitation to bring the Anointed One, the Messiah into this world. You see, Mary carried God into her generation and in the same way, God calls us to carry Him into our generation, to bring the person of Jesus Christ into a lost and a broken world. I mean, we pray for revival. We say, God, send us revival. And God says, I have, I've sent you. I've sent you into your environment, into your household, into your universities, into your workplace, your family, your your friends to advance my kingdom and to bring my will on earth as it is in heaven. You see, just this last year, God completely interrupted my life. Jackson, four months ago, had Canberra on his heart. I did not have Canberra on my heart. And I, you know, had the plan in Melbourne, you know, what we were going to do, what life was going to look like. But when God speaks, things happen. And God spoke to me and He said, this is not just about Jackson. This is about you as well. I'm calling both of you to Canberra. And before I knew it, we were talking to Pastor Sean and Linda and Pastor Tao about coming to life. You see, and it was in that moment that I realised this is the call of God. This is an invitation to extend our borders, an invitation to continue bringing Jesus into the world. Can I tell you today that some of the greatest invitations that you will ever receive will come in the form of an interruption. Some of the greatest invitations that you will ever receive will come in the form of an interruption. But how many of us know that interruptions aren't always comfortable and they're definitely not convenient. All we have to do is look at Mary's situation. That wasn't convenient. She was about to get married and she had to explain to her fiance that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit to give birth to God. I mean, I put myself in Mary's shoes and I think, you know, the weeks leading up to Jackson and my wedding, I imagine telling him and sitting him down and saying, Jackson, I'm pregnant, but I haven't had sex with anyone. An angel has just told me I'm going to give birth to God. And I imagine Jackson's response and I think he would just sit there and stare at me for a very long time. But this news wouldn't have been easy to talk about with Joseph. It wouldn't have, it would have been very hard for Mary because not only did she risk losing her fiance, She was putting her life in a lot of danger. A young unmarried girl falling pregnant often meant that you were ostracized from society. Some were even stoned to death. And with Mary's story, she was at risk of being made a mockery of or being called crazy. 
You see, sometimes we skip over this story as if it's just a little fairy tale that we might share at Christmas, but this is real. This actually happened to a woman in history. Luke, who wrote this gospel, was a doctor. He was meticulous with detail. And historians have said that he actually sat down with Mary and he listened to her story. He would write down all the accounts that she shared. This life is real. And this interruption was far from convenient. It was far from comfortable. You see, when God calls us to do something, there's risk involved. It takes us out of our comfort zone. It's inconvenient. It's not what we're used to. When God asks you to start a business, I mean, there's risk involved. Is it going to take off? Will it make a profit? Are people going to buy the products? When God asks you to take up study or change jobs, that's inconvenient. You have to learn a new way of doing things and meet all of these new people. And then what about the daily interruptions that you know God is behind? Like speaking to that person at the bus stop or buying someone's grace grocery, praying for someone on the street or bumping into that colleague at work that just loves to debate Christianity. You know, all these interruptions, whether big or small, they aren't comfortable. But that's the point. Jesus doesn't want us to be comfortable. Sometimes we can confuse our role, the role of Jesus in our life. We see Him as the comforter, the one that makes us feel better, the one that brings comfort. But if we actually look in Scripture, when Jesus came to earth, He didn't make people feel comfortable. He challenged the way they lived. He challenged laws and traditions. And so today what ends up happening is that we confuse the roles and we see Jesus is the one that brings comfort and the enemy that's the one that brings discomfort. And so when life is suddenly interrupted and and we see the enemy as the one that's bringing this conflict and inconvenience, but actually it might just be God that's the one interrupting us. You see, the enemy wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to stay in our comfortable little home and have a comfortable little life. Why? Because he knows the moment we're out of our comfort zone, that's when we begin to grow. That's when we develop. That's when we progress. You see, God wants you to grow. He wants you to increase. While Mary was going about her daily life thinking, yep, I'm just going to get married. God was seeing more capacity in her. He was seeing more capacity to grow, more capacity to bring Jesus into this world. You see, there is more in you than you realise. There is more to come and I'm speaking it over you prophetically today that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are or where you've been or what you have done. There is more in you. There is more to come. As long as you have breath in your lungs and you are on this earth, Jesus has a job for you to do. There is more in you. We are called to go from strength to strength, from grace to grace, from faith to faith. And so God wants to see that capacity. He wants to grow that capacity in you, but we have to be willing to let God interrupt us. You know, a Christian professor said this, some of the great advances in God's plans have come through interruptions to the normal routine. You see, God wants to shake things up. I don't know about you, but before 2020, I held so tightly to things. And I think we can do this because we're scared of the unknown and we we wanna feel as though we're in control. But if this last year has taught me anything, we are not in control. God is the one that is in control. And if He is shaking things up, if He is moving things around, it's because He's got something more for us. He's got something better for us. You see, God wants to do the impossible in your life. Think about it. We treat our dreams and our hopes as if they're God's ceiling and they're the limit, that you know, the sky's the limit. But actually God doesn't see our hopes and dreams as His ceiling. He sees them as His floorboards. He wants to do the impossible in your life. He wants to do the miraculous. 
You see, if our plans are so achievable on our own, if we're equipped and we're prepared for them, then we don't need God. We actually don't need God if we're already equipped. But God wants to do the impossible. It is only He that can open supernatural doors. It is only God that can bring His anointing and bring His favour to the point where you're talking to people that you never thought you would. You're doing things that you never thought you could do. You were doing the impossible. And when humans say, you know, there's no way possible, God steps in and He makes a way. When the angel interrupted Mary with a divine invitation to give birth to the Son of God, she questioned God saying, this is impossible. How can I give birth to a child when I am still a virgin? But to God, the question was never if it's possible or not, because with God, all things are possible. The question was, Mary, will you say yes? Will you say yes to bringing my son into this world? This morning, can I ask you, will you say yes? When God interrupts your plans, when a divine invitation comes along, will you say yes? Will you step out in faith? I believe that God is wanting to say to you today that I set you apart, that I've consecrated you, that I set you apart all of those years ago so that you could bring me into this generation, that I came to this earth, that I went to a cross, that I resurrected from the grave so that you wouldn't settle for a small religious life, but you could step out in faith and live a life of fullness and a life of abundance. You see, the story of our Saviour coming into the world was only made possible because someone said yes. All through Scripture across every page, there are people that were interrupted by God, people that received divine invitations. Noah was interrupted by God and was asked to build an ark in the heat of the day. Moses was interrupted by a burning bush and was told to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. Gideon was interrupted by an angel and asked to fight the Midianite army with only 300 men. Jonah was asked to preach the Word of God to his enemies. Peter was asked to step out of the boat. And Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians when a bright light interrupted him and he was called to follow Jesus. Can I tell you today that each one of these men and women chose to see their interruption as a divine invitation. And the moment they said, yes, God came through. The flood filled the earth and Noah's family was safe. God parted the Red Sea and the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt. Gideon defeated the Midianites. Nineveh got saved. Peter walked on water and Paul led thousands to Jesus and became one of the greatest apostles in history. You see, no word from God will ever fail. He will never fail us. God will and always has come through time and time again. 